Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's the day before Erev Pesach, and I'll tell you before for the Seder, I'm able to spit these out because mm-hmm. my wife is very nice and she liberates me from the Avodas Perach and to enable me to do these uh, podcasts, these talks, look into things at the Seder. All you have to do is be, well, I won't go into that. Um, but I want to concentrate, speaking of righteous women, I want to concentrate on uh, something I noticed this year, and that is one of the stories that we all know is that Mice said they all stayed up and been brock all night. Uh, comes after Avodah Mayina, we all know, and uh, until the students said wake up in the morning or whatever. He gives my Krishna chakras. So uh, there's a parallel version of this in the Tosefta, which says, Mice of Ramagamlil, who's a Canaan, there's a story of Rabbi Gamliel, Uzikanim, and Zikanim, who were sitting around like doing a Seder at the house of this rich guy named Baisus Benzonin. He's actually fairly well known in the Talmud. Let's put it this way he was a rich supporter of Rabbi Gamliel. Uh, he lived in Lud. Same thing, they talked about Yitzhak all night. I'd cross together until the morning. They picked up their plates. You know, in the Mishnah times, they used to, everybody had like a little plate of their own, instead of one long table as we sit today. They went to Davin. So, sounds very similar to the story of Nagata. You know, Rabbi Lezer, Bishur, Lozan Nazari, and so forth. Until the Talmudim say, it's already late. Whenever you see these sorts of things, do we have like a parallel gears over here? What the scholars call a very elecciones, you know, do two different versions of the same story? Or rather, are they two distinct stories, which is what I think? Um, because it fits in like a glove. A very well-known question. Not everybody knows about this Tosefta. I, I bet you most people do not. It's mentioned in a, I don't want to sound too scholarly, it's also mentioned in a slightly different form in Yerushalmi. So... Pay attention to what I'm about to say. In the Haggadah it says that he had five of the leading Tanaim, the biggies from the first generation of, Tana, of Tanaim. So who's that? Well, you got your Rabbi Kiva, he was the host at his house of Bnei Brak. You have Rebelezer Yeshua, these are the big, two big names. Uh, you have Rebelezer Ben Azariah, very interesting person, Rebelezer Ben Azariah. And then Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Tarfin. Who's li- the one who's missing is Rabbi Gamliel. If you know anything about the history of the Mishnah, I know you don't, but if you, you know that they're not just a bunch of names out of nowhere. There's the first generation of Tanoim that are mentioned in the Mishnah, there's the second generation, and then there's the third. And the third, that's it. Maybe a few survivors after that. And so, you kind of, I can't help it, you got to like know a little bit about the timeline of these rabbis in the Mishnah times. I mean, I know people don't. But, uh, you know, Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yudha are not the contemporaries. Let's put it this way. You know, you got to know a few things. 
So anybody's learned brachas, which is all these Shiva guys, know that there was a fight and Ramagamliel was deposed from being the Nasi because he was too bossy. Remember that? Now it's very interesting. We have two versions over here of two Siddharam, two satyrs. One minus Ramagamliel and one with Ramagamliel. The one that's minus Ramagamliel is the one you and I read at the Haggadah. Who was the person when Rabbi Gamaliel was deposed, who was the person that replaced him? Rabbi Lezim and Asariah. Don't everybody, doesn't everybody have that in their Haggadah? Hariah Niki Ben Shivim Shonim, like 70 years old because he grew a beard, a white beard, whatever, in order to be look like a Nasi. Why was he a Nasi? Because he was replacing Rabbi Gamaliel, who was deposed. Okay? And who's the person who brought him the news? If you remember the story, Rabbi Gamaliel, the news that you're fired, it was Rabbi Akiva. So it was just very interesting. So here, basically, what I'm arguing is, is this. You have a, a, a year later, after the deposition, or so, or two years, what do I know? Uh, you have two Siddharam. Because now you have two Nosis, don't you? If you remember the story in the Gemara, they felt bad after deposing Rabbi Gamaliel. On the other hand, they went, didn't want to totally reinstate him. And so they worked out some kind of, what was probably uncomfortable system of two weeks and one week, in which for two weeks, Rabbi Elizabeth and Nazari, who was much younger, was the Nasi acting in that role. And for one week, it was devolved upon Rabbi Gamliel, who had been the Nasi, been deposed, and then partially reinstated. So the politics is very tricky. So it makes total sense that you'd have one Seder where you have all the people who, I don't want to say didn't like Rabbi Gamliel, because that's not the way of putting it. What do we know about how they felt? But the people who were on the other side of Rabbi Gamliel, and then you have a separate Seder, one by Rabbi Gamliel himself and his followers, at the house of a rich supporter in Lud. Now, B'nai Brock and Lud are not that far away, as you know. Even if you tell me the town of B'nai Brock today is not identical with the original B'nai Brock, which is true, but it's somewhere over there. And so we have basically, to, to, to use New York language, there was, you know, one Seder was in, in, in Flatbush and the other Seder was like in Bar Park or something like that. We're not, not that far away. Uh, but one is probably Tish over here. And one's probably Tisha over there. One is Rabbi Kiva. They all went to Rabbi Kiva's because it says, Mice, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Azariah, Rabbi Tarfan, and Rabbi Kiva. Show you Mesum, Bibnei Brak. That's one Seder. And then you have a different one with Rabbi Gamliel and his buddies, who's a Canaan over there. So uh, probably the question is who leads the Seder or something along those lines. And therefore, Rabbi Gamliel is running one operation and, and, and the other one's r- r- running a different operation. It's interesting, the language is Rabbi Gamliel Uzakanim. It doesn't say Rabbi Gamliel Vihazakanim. It wasn't Rabbi Gamliel plus all the other big rabbis, because that's not that's not the case. Uh, once he was deposed, so it had di- two different satyrs. Now, why do you have two parallel satyrs other than the politics of it? There are many ideas that suggest themselves. Uh, maybe they didn't hold the Rabbi Gamliel's way of running a satyr. After all, he said, uh, you know, uh, the, you, you, you have to mention Pesach Matzah more. Otherwise, you're not Yotzi to Chiev. Why? As I mentioned the other day, suppose you talk all about uh, the Malchamovas. Suppose you talk all about the uh, Hizgalus Elokuz or something like that. Uh, you know, the Makas Bechoros. Suppose you tell the story of the blood on the wall. I mean, you know, you don't have to say the words Pesach Zeshonu Omrim of Shem Shepasach HaKadosh Baruch HaAlabotim and so on and so forth. What if you skipped the Mar? What if you did? You could tell the story of Pesach without emphasizing 
the bitter herbs and the, you know, the bitter lives of the Hebrew slaves. There's plenty to talk about other than that. And so maybe Ramagamay was bossy and said, oh, if you don't see these three things, it's not Seder. They said, well, we hold it is. We'll make our own Seder. That's totally possible. Alternatively, it could be a Hashkafa type dispute. As I said before, there are plenty of things to talk about in, in a different way. Um, what's very interesting is the language of this Tosefta, because that's what it is, the parallel version of Rabbi Gamliel. Uh, you know, there's a, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. The Tosefta is a big problem with the Gerses, uh, with the reading. And there's what you call the Vilnagon, that's the traditional one, and Sukkermandel, who was a famous conservative rabbi in the 19th century, produced the uh, scholarly, perhaps more accurate version of it. And in the Tukermandel edition, it says that uh, Rabbi Gamliel is a king, we're there at the house of this guy, and instead of saying, it says that they were talking learning. That's a different business. That's a halachic alumnus discussion type Seder, which is okay with me. Uh, it's not a great idea if you got women and children there, but if you just have all the big lumdum, sure, plenty of people. Uh, I can't really imagine how that would be, but I, I imagine plenty of people have what you call um, and so, in that context, by the way, if you're learning Hilchus Pesach, the Ramagamil makes sense. You better mention Pesach Matzamar. How are you going to talk about Hilchus Pesach and omit the, the big three? But on the other hand, the Vilnagon's Gers is the Ramagamil too was Mesapin Bitsisin Sram Kolos Now, what is Mesapin? Listen to the words closely. Mesapin Bitsis Mitzrayim. There's a base as a prefix on the word us. They were talking, misopper, mm-hmm. discussing. Beatsis Mitzrayim. Inside the Yitzis Mitzrayim. That's mysticism and hashkafa. And uh, if you're doing that sort of thing, so, you know, there's plenty talking about other than the Pesach Matzah Mar. I want to tell you what I think. And that is that the others preferred to go to Rabbi Kiva to talk about Beatsis Mitzrayim, the inner reason for Yitzis Mitzrayim. Why? To ask the question is to see the answer. What do we know about Rabbi Kiva having a special take on the story of the Yitzhak Shrine? What do we know about that? The answer is you do, and if you know a little bit, you know something. Which is, that there's a famous question raised. Um, I always remembered from the Prussian Drachem, one of my favorite books on, on uh, this sort of thing. He's from the, from the Mishnah Malach. And uh, the question goes, how did the Jews get out early? Didn't God say that they would be uh, slaves for 400 years? And later you tell me, well, it wasn't really 400 years. You know, you, you backtrack it to the birth of Yitzhak and all that. I mean, that's not what he said. So, listen, you give 100 answers. But the way this is presented in the Prussian Drachman and others farm goes like this. There's answer number one. There's answer number two by different Mepharshim. And then there's the answer of Rabbi Akiva. That's how they presented in the difference for where, where am I going? Again, the question is, how did the Jews get out earlier than they were supposed to get? What about the, 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 the commitment they had by divine prediction that they're supposed to be there 400 years? So one answer you find among various reports goes like this, Koshi Hashibud, uh, which means the Egyptians worked them super hard. So the way you do it, this is like a math science word. You say they're supposed to be a 400 years. 400 years means... 400 years of, uh, you know, in, in nine-hour work days, 10-hour work days. But the Egyptians were a bunch of bums. 
they worked him uh, 15, 20 hours a day. You know who they were. Uh, so that means you're getting double work in. So instead of a year's work, you get two years' work. In that case, if they're there for 200 years, which is what they say, they were actually, or, or maybe the actual Shibut, it was supposed to have been 86 years. Uh, if they packed in the super heavy work, right? If they packed in the super heavy work, so then you actually got in those many hours, like a lawyer with the billable hours. So Koshi Hashibut Mashlim as a as 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 I've shown him. The fact that they worked him intensely hard guided him in there early. This is a very famous word you see many times in Haggadahs. So when you say the Pusik about the Omar, the bitter of the lives, you say Kadma Vyazla. That's the trope. Kadma Vyazla means it come in, in, literally in Aramaic means they got it earlier. That's one way of explaining it. A second way of explaining it, you find in other Mephoshim is not Koshi Hashiba, but Ribui Ha which means they had a lot of babies. There were a lot of Jews. So God said there'll be 400 years for a population of a million. But instead, you had a population of 2 million, 3 million, because they had so many children. So the Egyptians, once again, got in so many man hours of work that in 200 years, they packed in 400 years. You know, that, that's another way of looking at it. It's okay with me. I'm just, just a famous way of approaching it. And these are two approaches of how to run the Haggadah, how to run the Seder. You can talk about the Koshi Hashibud. Many do. Talk about the terrible things the Egyptians said to us. Many do. That's fine. And another way of saying Reba Echlusia means the miracles of the, uh, you know, uh, the six uh, babies at one time. And we mentioned that in the Haggadah as well. But Rabbi Kiva is a third opinion. Rabbi Kiva says that the reason the Jews got it earlier was because of the chutz of the righteous women, the Nashim Tzikanias. It's mentioned many times in the Gemara. Sometimes in the name of somebody else, but the real gear says Rabbi Kiva said, which means that, let's put it this way, they're supposed to be for 400 years, but because the women were such tzaddikas, Sashem says, I'll let it go, which is quite a statement. Now I'm going to ask you the following question. And again, to ask the question is to give the answer. Why would Rabbi Kiva be the person to come up with this view that the zechus of the women was Makar of the Geula? The answer, obviously, is his own biography. We all know the story of Rabbi Kiva and his wife, Rachel, and she gave up the whole world for him and worked and sold her hair and all. Everybody knows all those stories. Now that she suffered a life of terrible privation, so he would turn out to be Rabbi Akiva. And when he came back with the thousands of students, he said, she's the one. She, everybody knows that story. She's the one. So the power of the Jewish woman is unbelievable. This is what he means. The power of the Sadekis is is unbelievable. And it can overturn a divine, you know, uh, prediction. And uh, don't know. that's a very interesting way of running a seder, right? And people say, "Yes, well, I go to Rabbi, I want to go to Rabbi Kiva's house." They want to talk about the inner side of there. How were the women so righteous? How did they display this? What are the different aspects of the? slavery experience and maybe the Geula experience and all the rest of it has to do with the Nashim Tikhaniyos. Um This is a lot more interesting for some people than to talk about Hilchus Pesach Now for other people, it's more interesting to talk about Hilchus Pesach. I get it's different types. But you can totally hear that Reb Lezer, Yeshua, uh, Tarfin, who is it? Rolazer Hazariah, all these people, they say, I want to go to B'nai Brak. I want to go hear Rabbi Kiva's version of the Seder. And you had to be Misaf Mikolosa Lila. I would throw in that Lila is always a, a hint to the Gaulish. So they want to see like this. 
the final, the, we always say the final geula from the Golas that you and I are in right now will be similar in many respects. That's what they say to the Yitzhiz Mizrayim. And Ramchal, I mentioned already before in some other podcasts, has a whole book on it. Not that I understand it, but, <laughs> it, but, but you know, it's Kabbalah, but that's what they say to parallel it. And so, uh, Rabbi Kiva was talking about the righteous women from a thousand years before, the time he sees Mitzrayim. But I'll bet you money, everybody said like this, he's also talking about his own wife. You see? And there's a famous account in the, I remember from the Arbus, from Nosa, maybe it's in the Gemara, where once he became a rig rush Hashim and his life changed over, and he had money, he bought his wife this really expensive uh, jewelry, a Yerushalayim Shalzahav. It's not just a song from Israel, it's from the Gemara. Yerushalayim, and Mishnah actually, Yerushalayim Shalzahav, some super fancy piece of jewelry, and all the other Kolo wives, I remember they said, Be name You embarrass us in front of wives, because they'll say, She's got all the fancy jewelry and we don't. And Rabbi Kiva famously said, What? She earned it. When your wife goes through what my wife did, they will come and talk. So the um, Seder of Rabbi Akiva, uh, in which he focused on these aspects, must have been something very impressive indeed. And therefore, we have two different ways of running a Seder, two different types of running a Seder. And uh, it's just interesting that whoever wrote the Haggadah said, I'm not going to put in the version of Rav Gamliel, even though it's there, and it's in the Tosefta. I think it's more interesting to talk about, the Baal Haggadah said, the version of the Seder of Rabbi Akiva. It's just something you can, uh, uh, if you wish to, you can share with, with, with your family, especially your wife, um, at the Seder, because I think it's a very powerful lesson. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.